Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Salentano, our business editor, Sharp Smith, our technology editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence. It's a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. The 2023 Volume 1 is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing. In fact, we have one of those coming up on Thursday the 13th. You can figure out how to get to it on our website, InsideTowers.com. An annual subscription also includes online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. So, John, you had a bunch going on over the week. Uh, I think you're starting with the Rogers deal. Is that right? Yes, uh, Leslie. It's been a busy week, uh, a lot going on in the industry. Um, one of the <clears throat> big developments uh, we've been following was the uh, the Rogers uh, Communications and Shaw Communications announced uh, acquisition uh, um, that actually took w- w- was announced two years ago, but finally received approval to go ahead um, with the um, uh, this past week with the approval. From um, uh, the Ministry of Innovation, uh, Science, and Industry, uh, approving the transfer of Spectrum licenses from Shaw's Freedom Mobile um, uh, unit to um, Videotron, an operator in Quebec, uh, as part of the deal for Rogers and Shaw to merge, they had to give up some uh, some of uh, their wireless activities, and that that finally got approval. But it's been a couple of years. It looks like it's moving forward, but the deal was approved with a lot of contingencies um, and commitments so that, for instance, Rogers has to commit to investing over $5 billion in in its wireless network, um, uh, particularly in Western Canada where where Shaw operates. Uh, It has to uh, set up a Western Canadian headquarters in in, Canada. uh, and and hire uh, up to three thousand uh, people over the next ten years. So, um, you know the, the the deal was approved, but with uh, with conditions, uh, and uh, the parties involved have agreed to that, and it seems to be moving forward after uh, after a long drawn out process. Uh, the other thing that uh, uh, came about this week is we celebrated fifty years since the. Um, the invention of the the, the cell phone uh, it was 50 years ago on April 3rd um, um, that Marty Cooper made his infamous call using a portable handheld uh, cell phone, um, really making the first of its kind call uh, to a, a then a friend at competitor AT&T. Uh, Marty worked for Motorola that developed the uh, the handheld unit and uh, kind of a poke. Poke, was poking him a little bit and say, hey, we got it and uh, we're ahead of you guys. But, um, you know, it really launched the industry on, on a trajectory that we, we're still riding. And um, 
you know, those first phones were, were quite something. This, as you may know from uh, even seeing it or handling it or, or, or pictures for people that weren't around then, that it was called the brick mainly because it was the size of a brick and it weighed over two pounds and uh, it only had like 25 minutes of battery life. And Marty used to joke that uh, it didn't matter the, the, how long it operated because it was too heavy to hold for very long anyways. But um um, you know, and, and Marty's 94 now, and uh, he's very optimistic about the future of, of cell phone use. In fact, he believes we're we're really just at the beginning when you realize uh, the 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 applications and utility that cell phones can be put to in, in fields like education and healthcare, and um, and really for collaborating uh, uh, between people or amongst groups. So he he's pretty optimistic about the future of um, uh, of the business. <clears throat> Um, the other thing that really was um, sort of a notable uh, announcement uh, this week was that uh, Deutsche Telekom uh, has declared that it's um, in, in a filing with the SEC. It shows that it now is the majority owner of T-Mobile US. Uh, and this is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, Deutsche Telekom invested in uh, one of the subsidiary companies of T-Mobile Back in the early 2000s, uh, it actually acquired uh, Voice Stream Wireless that was renamed T-Mobile USA. Um, and then when the T-Mobile uh, US and Metro PCS merger was uh, was um, uh, finalized, they, they re renamed uh, the company T-Mobile US. And Deutsche Telekom had a minority share at that point. It's been systematically building its ownership by acquiring shares to the point where now it controls it has a, a controlling ownership in the company with uh, uh, just under 54% of the, the outstanding shares. So um, this is significant for Deutsche Telekom because T-Mobile US is really its best performing operating unit. And uh, the company felt that it needed to, to have ownership of it uh, because of that. Um, so I guess we could say uh, for better or for worse, T-Mobile US is now uh, uh, a German company. So um yeah, so that's lots going on. Uh, we're we're you know we're keeping our our finger on the pulse and uh, and uh, tracking developments as they happen uh, uh, domestically and and uh, around the world. All right, that was a great roundup, John. Thank you, John. Any any possibility they'll uh, change the name to uh, D Mobile now? <laughs> you know that's a good one. Um, the Deutsche Telekom may rename itself T Mobile. Who knows? <laughs> What did the T stand for in T-Mobile anyway? Uh, it's a German thing. You know, that's a brand that it created in Europe for its mobile operations. Um, well, that's... Honestly, I'd have to research that. But it, it's the T-Mobile was an original Deutsche Telekom brand that they, they put on their acquisition in the U.S. Okay. All right. So, Sharp, you're going to talk to us about the South Wireless Summit. Yes, Leslie. Um, uh, I attended the uh, uh, South Wireless Summit. It's, uh, it was the, I don't know how many of them that I've been to, but it has really, it's just grown by leaps and bounds over the years. And I think it's a, it's a testament that uh, as much as wireless is a, a, a global thing, uh, I think it's easy to easy to say that all 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 wireless is local as well, and um, 
the uh, uh, the South Wireless uh, folks have uh, uh, put on a put on a great show, and so uh, not surprisingly, uh, the I'd say sort of the overriding topic that sort of infused itself into many of the of the sessions was uh, the impact of the economy on wireless, and um, that could be seen in the uh, uh, what they they. Uh, they lovingly call the tower panel, and uh, it's uh, uh, it's always uh, always has Pat uh, Troxel Tant as the uh, as the uh, moderator with Vogue Towers, and it featured uh, Bob Page uh, with Vertical Bridge, uh, Alexander Schwartz with uh, Tillman Infrastructure, Joe Sesson with Ontivity, and uh, Mike Mackey with uh, Everest Infrastructure Partners, and uh, <clears throat> I thought one of one of the more interesting things um, that came out of that relative to uh, the impact of the economy on wireless is uh, uh, Bob Page uh, noted that <clears throat> really as far as the as the major tower companies are concerned, the uh, the increase in in uh, interest rates and uh, uh, in increase in inflation. Uh, Really is not impacting them uh, because all their all of their funding is in place and and uh, they're really able to absorb uh, those those types of uh, changes because they their their uh, their cost of capital is set and uh, uh, so he said the uh, um, it's. Probably the biggest impact on this is going to be on smaller uh, companies that don't have uh, the numbers of, uh, of towers already built and uh, and the long-term financing. So uh, uh, those those are the folks that are really going to be uh, are are going to feel uh, more of an impact of the economic changes, and uh, so. That was that was one of the things that came out of that. Uh, the uh, one of the other sessions that that I that I covered that uh, uh, I'd like to talk about was uh, Josh Broder over with uh, uh, over with Tillman Infrastructure. He gave a very wide ranging uh, uh, depiction of uh, of the of the wireless industry, and uh, uh, basically, his his feel for uh, uh, for for the economy right now uh, was that he he said that with with C band uh, really pushing the uh, the the macro the macro uh, de uh, deployments. It has really, uh, in his words, uh, quote, uh, taken all the oxygen out of the room uh, in terms of small cell programs. When he read, he he addressed the uh, reports of uh, of uh, of the uh, the carriers pulling back on cop capex uh, from their uh, their macro cell uh, C band uh, programs. Uh, he believes. That uh, at least uh, 
portion of that uh, uh, pullback will uh, will go into to uh, small cells, and in, uh, in in 2023, and uh, and even more so in 2024. So uh, uh, that. Uh, that will be uh, good news for uh, all the companies that are diversified across macro cell and uh, and small cell lines, and um, might uh, uh, might finally give us a a, a a boost in the small cell area, which we've uh, obviously been waiting on for uh, uh, <laughs> ever since we started hyping small cells. So. Uh, it's uh, they've been coming out in 20, 20, uh, 30, maybe 100 uh, lots. And uh, the, you know, the uh, the predictions were that we'd have orders for 10,000, tens of thousands of uh, small cells. So uh, who knows when that will actually happen? And anyway, uh, good news from uh, from Tillman Technology Management. Um, but uh that company has really, really taken off and uh, is doing a, a great job of diversifying so that uh, they can take advantage of, of uh, when macro sites are up and when small cells are up and um, fiber and, uh, and, and the whole lot. So it's a, it's a good show. I think it's only going to get better. So I would suggest if you can make it down to Nashville, in uh, 2024, you should go for it. Was it well attended? Very well attended. Cool. All right. Uh, thank you, Sharp. So there was big news on the C-band front uh, recently. The major carriers, AT&T, T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular, and Verizon have told the FCC they have voluntarily agreed to extend protections for flight operations for some C-band 5G deployments until January 1, 2028. Um, in a letter, they said the voluntary commitments will support what they're calling uh, their full power deployments across the 3.7 to 3.98 gigahertz frequencies. Um, and this is what a uh, quote also, while supporting air traffic safety, unquote, the agreement follow extensive discussions with the FAA. Um, according to people involved with the discussions, it's a big step forward. The, so the gist is the voluntary commitments will enable the carriers to increase their power levels to get to full C-band use. Um, you know, going back to the history, you know, in February 2020, the FCC adopted licensing and technical rules to ensure coexistence between new C-band operations and uh, airplane radio altimeters, which operate in the 4.2 to 4.4 gigahertz band. So there was a 20, 220 megahertz guard band in there. And the, the, uh, they, the carrier said in the letter, despite the sufficiency of the FCC rules, subsequent collaborative engagement across affected industries and with the FCC and the FAA has resulted in the development of the attached voluntary commitments relative to this coexistence. The, they had to do something by July 1 
because that's when the the deadline that everybody had earlier agreed to was for the airline industry to either upgrade or replace old radio altimeters, which are the ones that are uh, vulnerable to 5G interference. But then airlines started saying, we, we can't make the deadline. And, and it wasn't, if foreign airlines said it first, and then American airlines said it. And it's been a whole hassle about, well, who's going to pay for all this? You know, they're like, why, why, why is this all on us? You know, <laughs> and in the meantime, you know, AT&T and Verizon paid, what, $82 billion for this, this spectrum. Um, and the agreement was in, in U.S. Cellular and T-Mobile had uh, 5G, spe- this spectrum already in the, in the um, C-band. They, um, so the, they had not uh, uh, begun their C-band deployment when the agreement was announced. So that's why they had to be involved in this too. So we'll see what happens with this. Um, The FCC didn't comment immediately. The FAA said it continues to quote, work closely to ensure a safe coexistence in the US 5G C-band environment, unquote. Um, Reuters reported some of these commitments could last until 2028. the FAA had initially sought to extend them even longer, some of the commitments up to 2033. Um, we had reported that the FAA sought to make the carriers' voluntary restrictions mandated. Yes, you heard that right, mandated, and also apply them to smaller carriers. Um, the FCC has a list of like 19 carriers that um, have Spectrum and C-band. They haven't you know, deployed, but... It's so anyway, we'll see how this all shakes out and and what the uh, what the gist is. I mean, they had to do something. They wanted to do something by the summer travel season. That was the reason originally for the July one deadline. So. okay, Mr. Jim, that brings us to you. What do you want to talk about? Well, thank you, Leslie. I wanted to uh, congratulate you all on a great. Great week of news gathering and reporting. It was a nice, nice full, full basket, nice full, full uh, candy sampler of of news that we we gave our readers this uh, this week. And uh, hey, that's what we do. But uh, we we enjoy bringing the diversity of, of what's going on in the market out there, along with the the color and the taste of it. Just stick with that metaphor. Um, what we have coming up is um, down the road, looking ahead is uh, ConnectX, which will uh, be in in May. Uh, And uh, myself, John and Sharp will all be there. Uh, Please don't be shy about contacting us in advance and, and, uh, you know, letting us know that uh, you're going to be there. And, uh, you know, we'd be happy to get a chance to talk to you about what's going on in the market, what's going on with your company. And uh, it's always great venue for uh networking of course but but also for information gathering and and uh getting a kind of a litmus test on where everything is in the market so uh again give give anyone of us a shout um uh, if you're going to be at uh connect x in new orleans coming up um uh, tangential to that is uh i'm uh, happy to announce uh, we're going to be revising the uh 
uh, Wireless Water Cooler, which was a podcast we had done um, in, in the past with WIA. And then when they had the transition from Jonathan to, to Patrick Halley, um, we put that aside for a little bit as well. The, while the new group at WIA got their got their feet under them, and um, we now have gotten together and are starting to to talk about when we're going to revise the, the wireless water cooler, which is basically an interview with uh, that Patrick and I will have with uh, sorted dignitaries in the in the industry, uh, obviously with their uh, their position and being inside the beltway, uh, they're, they're able to grab, uh, some of the, some of the major players in, in Congress and, uh, at the FCC, we're looking forward to, uh, kicking that off again, be broadcasting one from ConnectX. So, uh, looking forward to working with, with Patrick and, and bringing all that, uh, to our, to our listeners. All right. I think our, uh, our publishers are planning to go to Connect X also, and so is Megan Reed, our marketing director. So a full house will be in New Orleans. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. Uh, one more thought. If you're interested in listening to the briefing for uh, Inside Towers Intelligence, that's happening Thursday, April 13th. You can find out more on our website about that. That's insidetowers.com slash intelligence. Thank you all for listening. And for a complete rundown of all the week's stories, check out our Saturday edition. We will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.